Welcome to the latest episode of SIGGRAPH Spotlight. In today's installment, the ACM SIGGRAPH International Resource Committee's Bektor Rizkaltiev sits down with a member of the winning team behind SIGGRAPH 2019's Emerging Technologies Best in Show project, Jung-Hyung Kim from NVIDIA. The two discuss the team's research on AR displays and reflect on the future of foveated rendering and prescription AR glasses. Um, hi, I'm Jung-Hyung Kim. Um, I'm a research scientist from NVIDIA Research. The NVIDIA research team consists of more than 200 scientists around the globe, uh, focusing on areas including AI, computer vision, self-driving cars, robotics, and graphics. And our team, new experience team, focuses on the future technologies including VR and AR, esports, new rendering methods, and other displays. Because our team is trying to create something new, our team members Background are really very diverse. Graphics, display optics, electrical engineering, computer science, physics, and human perception. So I'm a display optics guy. I'm trying to improve current display systems by applying various optics technologies. I've worked on light field display systems in grad school, and I'm currently working on air displays mostly. On a kind of surface level, could you explain us what, what your demo is about at SIGGRAPHS this year? Sure. Um, so we showed two different demos at SIGGRAPH this year. The first one is, uh, both of them are AR display. The first one is prescription AR. It is a prescription embedded AR display in a glasses form vector. So everyone dreams of nice glasses form vector AR display, but to do that, they somehow work like your prescription glasses for the complete replacement of your current glasses. So until now, no one fundamentally solved this problem, actually. For example, HoloLens bypassed this problem by making a space under the visor so the user can wear their glasses under the headgear. Magic Leap sold a $300 additional prescription lens set, which can be added onto the display. Google Glass is on, as you know, is an add-on display, so the user can add the display on top of their glasses. Focals by North might be the first consumer AR display product that offered various cushion options and per-user customization. I really like their approach, but they only used a single grading surface. So the eye box was too small. So if the user rotates their gaze, they, they cannot see anything. So in this work, we embedded a freeform image combiner inside the prescription lens and used the prescription lens as a waveguide. So um, your glasses can do both vision correction and also waveguiding for AR displays. So that was the first one. The other project was foveated AR, which was also presented as a technical paper in the SIGGRAPH this year. Uh, it was the first foveated display in AR form vector. So we combined a high-resolution foveal display and a large field of view purple display and moved both of them according to the user's case. The foveal display is based on the micro OLED display with the bird path optics, and the peripheral display is based on laser projector and the holographic optical element. So the foveated AR can provide 2020 vision acuity resolution over 100 degree field of view and cover plus minus 20 degree gaze angle coverage. I guess you kind of predated my next question about uh, the difference between your work and the previous present works at SIGGRAPH. I was just kind of wondering, especially about foveated rendering, because there's been a lot of talks about it in SIGGRAPH community since probably like 2014 or 15. 
Uh, yes. I mean, you've probably seen the startup fourth last year. I guess even by NVIDIA, there was a demo about it. Yeah, yeah. So sure. I was wondering how your current work sets apart from the previous work that was done before. So many of you, because it's a graphics conference and graphics society, um, might be really familiar to the Fulbit rendering. However, Fulbit rendering the, without the Fulbit display is just a half of the technology. So Fulbit rendering should be realized on the Fulbit display. So previously, several Fulbit rendering works were presented in the normal VR or even just a monitor. So they track the gaze and change the pixel. Um, the, the rendered contents, but the pixel density in the distribution was just uniform. So it is just normal display. However, in the display manufacturer's point of view, like us making, not NVIDIA, but my background, making the high resolution panel is also a challenge. So to cover 2020 vision human eye with a normal display, we need a 10K display is required for each eye. So although peripheral vision doesn't need to have that very high resolution, we somehow need to drive all those pixels and give some meaningless redundant data because we need some light from, from those points. So in full video display, two 2K displays are enough for 2020 vision users. So one 10K display can be replaced by two 2K displays. We can really reduce a lot of bandwidth, computing power, and battery and everything with the full video display. I guess I was kind of wondering, why is this technology still not as common yet? Especially when it comes to both Fovet rendering and the prescription AR classes. Why do you think both of your demos are kind of looking to the future technology rather than in the present? Fovet display is really interesting concept and also Fovet rendering. But it was really, really difficult because we have to move something to display. But we have to move something inside the display. So if you think about the the exact meaning of the foveated display, we move the display according to the user's case, right? So it requires some kind of moving parts. And the moving parts should be pretty fast to follow the user's case because people's um, eyes really fast. And we are targeting for VR and AR headset for the usually for foveated um, technology. So something should be moving really fast in front of the user's eye in the wearable phone vector. So this part still remains as an engineering challenge, honestly. In our work, we try to minimize the moving part by um, moving only the micro OLED and the holographic optical element, and both of them were only four grams, so which made the problems a lot easier than the rotating mirrors or moving the optics or moving the display, whole display or like projectors. However, even in the case, finding the fast enough and the accurate enough lightweight stepper motor wasn't easy. So um, we, that's why we showed actually very fast bench top based, um, nice COVID AR demo, and also a wearable full factor COVID AR demo with uh, some, some um, slow stepper. So, to show like how much we can achieve on the bench top, also how much we can make uh, with the current stepper um, technology. But I believe it is still engineering challenge, not the fundamental limitation or impossibility. And also the prescription AR work was pretty static and nothing was moved. And it was only 46 grams. So it's a little bit heavier than the glasses without 
um, without the cables and driving bolts and batteries. So we have to solve all those um, cables and driving board and battery, those kind of problem. But so it has also a long way to go, but I think prescription AR is more feasible compared to the mobility AR. How do you see the future? What would play a key role in mass adoption? Or how do you see the headset changing in the future to accommodate the foveated rendering and the prescription? Foveated rendering definitely can be applied to the VR concept first, maybe in the fixed uh, form factor, even without the very high resolution inset or with the high resolution inset, but not without the moving part. Technically, we call that a fixed foveation compared to the dynamic foveation. Already, some companies are doing that, including Varjo. Varjo is the company who actually brought up the foveated display for the first time we are set up. But I think that cannot change the whole culture of the VR and AR. We need something more. And I think AR can make it happen if we can make it really nicely. So we think about our everyday carrying items, including like phones and watch, keys, wallet. The glasses, the glasses is, is the most stupid one, actually. It is just static plastic lens. And people, 40%, more than 40% people are wearing that all the time and they spend a few hundred dollars every two years or whenever they change their prescriptions changes just to correct their vision. So there's already a very big market, very big geometric optics market, which is not a rocket science compared to the smartphones and everything. So if we can make those glasses a little bit smarter, if we can provide some text, or uh, provide a small video. Uh, it's actually um, doable, but we have to somehow solve the prescription problem. And it should look nicer than current AR displays. So if we can go into those glasses market, then I think we can. the culture can be changed. That's my kind of viable plan for now. Well, it looks like uh, it's an area that is about to become I guess, popular in, in, in the upcoming year. So I was wondering for people who are thinking right now, how can, can I get involved in this? What would you recommend? Are there any perhaps materials or anything that they should check out to be inspired? There's no textbook for VR and AR. The concept is started from a long time ago, but it became popular after 2010, I would say. You guys should check this graph publications from started from 2010 or 2012. So the Lightfield near I display was 2012 paper, 2013 paper, I think. Before that, there was a, a tensor display and uh, some some different Lightfield displays. And um, right now, the CGF is the top tier um, conference that all the AR display researchers want to publish their work. So definitely you should check it. Yeah, past CGF and come to CGF next year. Thanks for tuning in to another SIGGRAPH Spotlight. As always, if you like our podcast, please subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes to help others find us. And don't forget to join us at SIGGRAPH Asia 2019 this November in Brisbane, Australia, or next summer in Washington, D.C. for SIGGRAPH 2020. Links to both conferences and other projects discussed in the episode are included in our show notes.